Why do we sound so good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hi, everybody. I'm Susanna Mars, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia, and thank you so much for subscribing. Today, I'm talking to Marissa Wolf. She's the artistic director of Portland Center Stage. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today, Marissa. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, are you getting used to your name being permanently attached to artistic director of Portland Center Stage? It's pretty exciting. Yeah. And no, I, I don't think I'm used to it. It still gives me a thrill I, every time I hear it. I'd imagine. Uh, you know, as an artist myself, I'm really feeling that energy that you and your team are bringing to the city right now. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it, it's, it's a powerful position to get to be a new artist in a community at a theater like this. Yes. And when you arrived, what were the first things that you had on your to-do list as the AD? You know, so much comes down to uh, a deep dive over the first several months, especially the first 90 days, of trying to understand where the company is and who is in this community and what's happening here already. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you you have to kind of like go fully immersive with your uh, conversations and sort of 360 like research in a way Mm -hmm. um, and catch up. Um, so, so I would say in my, in my first, like on the ground weeks, it was, um, scheduling meetings with, um, so many fantastic, um, artists, uh, generative artists, um, actors, playwrights, designers, directors to, to learn more about this community. Mm -hmm. And then going out from there, it was sitting down with, you know, every artistic director in town and, um, sitting, of course, sitting down with, um, and connecting to major supporters and donors uh, of Portland Center Stage. Um, Cynthia Furman and I are a new team together, and she's newly the managing director, although she has been working here for many years, and mm-hmm. she was recently the um, chief operating officer. And so we sat down with every single board member one-on-one, and, um, you know, so there's just a lot of conversations that have to happen right away um, that are rich and joyful uh, as as I sort of learn about like what are the opportunities and you know what has been and what can be in the future. It's exciting because you are a pair of fresh eyes on all of these supporters right. and all of these relationships that can be renewed through you and your team, and it, it's exciting to see what direction it will go. That's right. Yes, it's, and I feel that way. You know, there, there's a. Um, it's a gift, and I take it very, very seriously, the responsibility of, of coming into a new community and, and um, valuing and deeply respecting, like, what is here and who is here and trying to think about how we can continue serving the community and how we can, like, dig deep into that. Um, right. That leads me right I, into my next question, which is, oh, good. you know, I know that uh, welcoming people into the PCS building, both physically and mentally, is really an important piece for you. So what are the ways in which you're starting to open the doors at PCS even wider than they've been in the past? That's a great question. One thing that I've been so thrilled by is the way that PCS already sort of operates as this cultural hub right here in the heart of the Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um, even in my interview weekend, um, or my second interview weekend last July, it was during JAW, and I was so taken by the way that the doors were literally thrown open, mm-hmm. you know, and there was incredible like hip hop dance off, like, like uh, just all, all kinds of amazing free events happening in the lobby that drew people in. 
And I felt so inspired um, and um, compelled by the work that was happening here. So building on that, yeah, a central a central question that I have moving forward is how can we continue to make Portland Center Stage at the Armory a place where all people in our community feel they belong? Mm-hmm. And, and, and specifically, how, how can all people um, from every background in this greater metro area um, think of Portland Center Stage as their theater company? Mm-hmm. You know, I would, I would love for folks to think, like, that's my theater. It's in my, it's in my town. Like, I love going there. Um, and I think that there's a sort of um, multivalence approach to that. You know, of course, a lot of that is sort of um, who are the voices we're championing on stage? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the stories that we're giving visibility to? Um, and how can we um, sort of embody the values of equity, diversity, and inclusion in everything we do on stage and off. Mm -hmm. And it also has to do with, it's it's the work on stage, it's also who's on your staff and who's on your board and how are you operating from a a place of openness and sort of joyful wrestling Mm -hmm. with the most relevant uh, personal and political questions of our time um, in ways that feel urgent and exciting to people in this community. It's interesting because um, you bring up the board, and that's something I've really thought about a lot as a resident at Artist Rep, in that we are really having to redefine how board members are uh, made a part of a theater company. In the past, it's really been related to a financial you know, CV that enabled people to bring money and funding to an organization. But now we're realizing that there's so many other ways that board is contributing to the organization culturally. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. It's interesting. I, I think boards can look so similar across, mm-hmm. like across the country, you know, that they're made up sometimes of the most sort of traditional theater going audiences or people who have been longtime supporters of um, of the art form within their own community. And those supporters are really important for future building, you know, for future chapter building, because a lot of times they are the people who have, who have shepherded the company for decades mm-hmm. and, and will continue to, to be like major players in that. And at the same time, there has to be an opening up of who's at that table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's a, I do actually think that there's a lot of ways to do that. In fact, one of our wonderful um, board members, who's running the governance committee um, has talked about how her perception of a board service is that you have to have two of the three time treasure and talent Mm. so that it doesn't, I, so that board service doesn't necessarily just mean the wealthiest in your community sit on your board and sort of just give Mm -hmm. that actually it it needs you. You have to be able to do more than that. Right. And that's Um, exciting to to me. Yes. You know, just to urge people who are listening, if you've got some of those T's to check in. I think that's right. I think that's right. And another, I think another way in which boards are becoming um, more inclusive um, is thinking about um, each person's gift as a board member Mm -hmm. uh, as some, that is, that is a, a meaningful giving priority for them. Mm. because not everyone's going to give at the same level, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's exciting as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I think about the places where um, 
where I contribute, the nonprofits I contribute to, and they're very small donations, but they are significant for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is about like, um, you know, putting your money where your mouth is and saying like, I value what you're doing. Yeah, it feels good. It's a source of pride for me, I know. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, you've got Native Gardens that is on stages opening May 24th, and it is That's shining right. a light on immigration, border dispute in a really unique way, neighbors That's defending right. their right to garden as they choose, which I think is something that a lot of Portlanders can get their head around. How how yeah. are audiences going to enjoy that show? You know, I think it's going to be perfect for this final slot. I've heard that when it gets warm here in Portland, it is hard to get people inside, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which, I, which I love. Everyone's hiking. Mm-hmm. Everyone's living their lives in the outdoors. They can and, hike out to uh, the Pearl. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing is what I love about this is it's, it's filled with humor. You know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a fantastic comedy. And so it's just what you want in the spring months, mm-hmm. rain or shine. What I love about Native Gardens is that, you know, Karen Zacharias, the playwright, is, is looking at, you know, the very contentious, nuanced conversation around borders and border crossing and the sort of, the sort of fabrication of borders to begin with mm. and, and sort of the idea of native species of plants versus non-native species of plants and what is sort of more beautiful or more welcome and what is alien to the terrain. Um, and she's looking at these pretty big issues, but through these two couples who, who live next door to each other. So it's, it's such a wonderful, intimate way of storytelling mm-hmm. um, that I think is deeply accessible for all. And um, ultimately a very uplifting piece. Yes. Um, so I, I'm super excited to launch it. Um, the team is here right now teching, um, and Melissa Crespo is the director, and she is just... Um, a powerhouse, and we're really lucky to have her in-house. Yes, I, I had an interview with her uh, several weeks ago, and I will be right. certain to repost it while the show's running. It, it was a great conversation. What a wonderful, innovative, and delightful person to talk to. Yes, yeah, yes. Exciting. And you've also had a cast change in a show that's uh, about to open, right. Breath of Life. And mm-hmm. can you tell us about the actress who is going to be joining the cast, Julia Brothers? That's right. That's right. Julia Brothers. So this happens in live theater, Mm -hmm. as you know. Yes. Um, Wild, wild things can happen when we're working on shows. And, um, you know, you try to just sort of move forward with generosity and and excitement and enthusiasm for taking on the challenge of of live theater, you know, and and making the show work, whatever the circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so we have a new cast member in this two-woman show, Julia Brothers, who has joined during the preview process. Mm -hmm. She's had a quick catch-up to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she's a wonderful actress um, from the San Francisco Bay Area. I worked with her um, there a couple of times. And in fact, She's one of those actors who, uh, when I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area, I always tried to work with her, and she was always booked. And so I feel mm. really lucky that she has had the opportunity to come up and jump into this with us. Mm, um, she and Gretchen Corbett are, are beautifully matched and are um, really taking on the world of this play of David Hare's kind of dense, rich um, almost mystery play mm-hmm. about who are these two women. You know, one woman shows up the other's doorstep. Who are they to each other? What mm-hmm. is their shared history and past? Mm-hmm. And what does the woman, Frances, who shows up, what does she want? You know, what is she really driving at here? Um, and we sort of uh, begin to unpack the the interior lives of these women and their 
sort of scars and bruises and the ways in which they kind of, we watch who has the power mm. in different moments. Mm-hmm. It's really compelling. Mm. Audiences have been loving it, um, which is, which is such a joy. Yes. Um, and so I feel um, grateful that, you know, the show goes on and here we are. And uh, I think it's going to have a great run. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Great, yeah. yes. So the the upcoming season you've got going in 2019-2020 is insanely mm-hmm. thrilling. And I, I was reading about it, and I, don't, I didn't even know where to start in talking about it. There's diversity is abounding. There are brilliant playwrights, local and new directors. I mean, what's the first thing that comes to mind about the heart of this 2019-2020 season? You know, one thing that I'm really excited about is offering a season that while looking at the most pressing and exciting questions of our time, I think, you know, that on both a personal and political scope is uh, filled with energy, you know, that every play should leap off the stage into the audience's laps. Mm. Um, that the, the season is just brimming with music. Mm. Um, and it's also um, filled with humor. Mm. So, for me, I'm, I'm feeling like, uh, you know, there is so much going on that we each carry in our daily lives and that we have to grapple with on a national and global scale um, that is complicated and difficult and scary and painful. And I wanted to offer a season that um, engages with these um, truths about uh, about our lives and and. Um, you know, sort of multiple different perspectives um, while being really inviting. Mm. Because the work that I most want to see right now is work that makes me laugh and that gives me a space for um, coming together with everyone in that room to, mm. um, to maybe like step outside of the brutality of some of what is happening in our country mm. um, and step into a space where um, where we have a sort of different energy together. Like, mm. And that through, through music and humor, we can kind of take some leaps and bounds um, as a community in, in these conversations. Um, so so that sort of, that's the central heart mm-hmm. of what's going on next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I am so thrilled to be able to champion a diverse body of playwrights' voices. Mm. It feels like each show feels like it's um, in conversation with the other shows. Um, and we've got an amazing offering of um, lenses and perspectives and parts of the world and... Yeah, I think it's. I think there's going to be something for everyone in the lineup. You start off with one of my favorite musicals, In the Heights, by Lin Manuel Miranda, and I'm not sure if you know this, but Andy Blankenbuehler, who was the original choreographer and one of his continued collaborators, choreographed Me and Gypsy at PCS. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Yeah, it was really I a love that. great relationship for me that's continued onward and right after, well soon after I guess Gypsy, I can't really recall how long uh, my family and I went to New York to see him open in, in the Heights and to see that show wow. is just party delightful, the music just gets into your skin, into your body it's so yeah. funny and the sto- oh, it yeah. just rocks our whole world. Yes, I'm so glad that you have that relationship to it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah that's wonderful. Oh, I could not recommend it more highly. You will, you're gonna have to seatbelt people in. I agree. Yeah, you should I have seatbelts for that I, production. 
That's right. When I saw um, the production that we're that we're bringing here, mm-hmm. directed by Maya Dralis, that mm-hmm. um, had had a couple of other stops in the country, I also felt like the audience was six inches off their chairs mm-hmm. the whole time. They are. It just was so electrifying, mm-hmm. and the music is so inviting. Just from the very first song, you're you're completely hooked in. Yeah, I I get the chills just talking about it, and I remember it that vividly from the first time I've seen it, and I've seen it subsequently, and it just, wow. it's just beautiful, and I'm thrilled. I'm so excited to see it. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, sure. And now you're also doing a really interesting adaptation of the Scottish play, a.k.a. Right. Macbeth, which I think I can say because I'm in a sound studio, but you probably can't. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful adaptation by Lee Sunday Evans that features three women playing all of the roles in Macbeth. Mm-hmm. It's a fierce, fierce sort of reimagining of how that world gets created. I mean, mm-hmm. Macbeth is already one of Shakespeare's leanest plays. Mm-hmm. And this adaptation, I, to me, what Lee Sunday Evans is doing is foregrounding the question of like, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. How did we get here as a culture, mm-hmm. this moment in which we're all living? And she's looking at and wrestling with, uh, you know, through Shakespeare's gorgeous play, questions around dynasty, greed, violence, power. Hmm. Um, she's also looking at, I, I think it, it's absolutely gorgeous way of looking at the witches and looking at Lady M. Hmm. Um, that is sort of, that, that there's something rage-filled in the most delicious and energetic way mm-hmm. um, that drive, that I feel like three female-identified bodies on stage with this text of unsex me here, you know, is, is just deeply and profoundly exciting because mm-hmm. I feel like I can relate to that. You know, I can relate mm. to this sense of needing to move through the world with um, ferocity. Mm. Um, so that I, I, that's sort of my perspective on it. I think Adriana Baer, our director, whose work I've loved for years, mm-hmm will bring also a warmth to the storytelling that it should feel like sort of we're all being really drawn in in the studio, that, mm. like, that it, it's sort of drawing us to the proverbial campfire mm-hmm. as, we, as we go into this well-known classic story. And I'm going to mention several of the next plays just in name of time, but Redwood, Miss Bennett, Christmas at Pemberley, Schoolgirls, or the African Mean Girls play, which is a co-pro with Artist Rep, Cambodian Rock Band, The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, and Nine Parts of Desire, which and Howard's End. I mean, the stories are just outrageous. Each one is so unique and beautiful. Yes, I, I'm excited. It's fun to even hear you say the lineup out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um, it's really thrilling. That's awesome. Yeah. So, how do you feel about presenting this to your new city? Um, I feel really excited. You know, I think that yeah, each play up there is so much its own play. You know, mm-hmm. it's so much its own world, mm-hmm. and so. So and it's also as a as a producer, you know, to get to jump into this season where each each play that we'll come up to, I, I I will you know feel like there'll be such an enthusiasm for from the staff and hopefully the community is is just a wonderful sort of um, launching pad for me as a new artistic director here. Yeah. But yeah, e- each of the plays I think 
offer something really different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my hope with this lineup is that there's enough, uh, there are a handful of known titles, you know, that even the Howard's End, which is a world premiere adaptation, mm-hmm. you know, the E.M. E. Forrester novel and the Merchant Ivory movie are very, very famous. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are titles, hopefully, that will feel like they'll, they'll offer their hands and say, come with us into this world. And, um, and then there are titles that folks will be like, you know, I've never heard of that, but let's do it. Right. Um, and, and that's always, I think, for any artistic director and for any company that, you know, you're, you're looking to build a space. And I know Chris and the team have been working on this for decades, mm-hmm. but you're looking to build a space where folks, even if they don't know a title, they, they come because they know they'll have a great experience mm. at the theater company and because they know that they, they'll get to engage with work in, in surprising and moving ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, for me, as a new artistic director here, it's important to begin to, you know, to build on that legacy and to sort of begin to build a, a, my own kind of relationship and trust with the Portland audiences. Yes. So now that you're here in Portland, how are you and your family having fun? What are some of your favorite things you've found, whether they be restaurants or parks? I know you have a young son. What are you guys up yeah. to? Um, we've had a ball mm-hmm. being here. We're actually in the process right now of moving um, to the Laurelhurst neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm super excited to actually live here and mm. not just to be camping out in the furnished rental where we've been, which has been great, but I'm excited to, you know, unpack. We've really had fun. Like on our weekends, we do, my kid is four and mm-hmm. we've done a lot of like different parks all over uh, in every quadrant mm. of this metro area, mm-hmm. all kinds of different playgrounds. And um, we often like on our way to a playground, we'll stop at a Blue Star Donuts <laughs> um, and bring some treats with us. And it's also like it's super fun to explore neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've really enjoyed that part or sort of trying different restaurants in different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, I spent a lot of time in the Pearl in the Northwest cause that's where I've been located. And mm-hmm. you know, just, it's such a foodie, it's such <laughs> a foodie community, um, which is divine. Mm-hmm. We've also gone to the PSU farmer's market loyally every mm. Saturday. That's fun, uh, isn't it? Weekend been here oh yeah. it's so fun yeah it's so fun we're, we're farmer's market junkies oh that's great how, how do you fill yeah. your personal artistic cup you know I mean you're really deep in creating seasons and meeting people how, how do you prepare your mind to be open and your heart as well oh that's a good question it and it is true isn't it I mean the thing is like you do you know how we were talking before about the listening tour, you know, there's so much listening, there's so much engagement and you have to be so present. Mm -hmm. It's just like when you're in a room rehearsing, like you, you have to be present or it's not meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is that level of, you know, depletion that happens that you have to take care of yourself because no one's going (laughs) to, no one's going to take care of you for, you know, you have to do it for yourself. Yes. Uh, Because the work is juicy and rich and will take everything you have. Mm -hmm. Like that's what theater is. Mm. (laughs) And that's what the nonprofit sector is. So for me, filling myself up, it's uh, so many different things. I mean, um, it's certainly like seeing work wherever I go. I mean, I love going to other people's shows Mm -hmm. um, and I love like not necessarily needing to be on. I'm not presenting anything. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not speaking to any audiences. I'm just there to enjoy, Mm -hmm. you know, that's been, um, that's been really fun. My husband and I have seen a lot. Um, we, we do a lot of like, you know, Sunday morning pancakes and Mm. New York times, like Sunday, Sunday, New York times delivered and, you know, just like playing with blocks on the floor with our kid. Oh, nice. 
those times are really important, the quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and definitely, you know, lots of walks, lots of hikes. That's been important to us as well. Mm-hmm. There has to be those moments where you turn completely off, mm-hmm. you know, where, you really, where you're actually going on vacation, you're actually, where you're actually checking out so that you can rest, mm-hmm. rest. And, and I've been really impressed, actually, by Portland's culture at large, both at Portland Center Stage and, and here in the community around you know, folks take seriously, I think, that downtime mm-hmm. um, for recharging. Like uh, so many folks I know, like enjoy like um, going to the coast for a day or the weekend or to Mount Hood or camping or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm looking forward to being able to do more of that when I feel settled enough. I, I think that I'm so happy to be to get to live in a landscape where you can drive an hour in any direction and sort mm-hmm. of have an adventure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wonderful place. I think you're just going to love it. And I know what you're bringing to us is just a treasure. I know I am grateful for it. Mm. Thank you. Yes, I feel really lucky to hmm. be not only at this awesome theater company, but to be in this community and this like region of the world. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's kosher to mention that your husband is a cartoonist for The New Yorker in addition to other things that he does. And his That's name right. is Tom Toro. And of course, I'm going to be watching those cartoons to see how Portland kind of squeezes itself in. That's right. I think that's good. Um, <laughs> yes, he, he is. A, that's right. He's a cartoonist for The New Yorker. And he, and he gets published in other publications mm-hmm. as well, including um, PDX Parent. Oh, actually. for heaven's sake. That's awesome. I didn't uh, know that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to have lived in some areas that are, including Kansas City, where we last were, where having the uh, body of work that he has um, is, is sort of special within the community. Mm. Um, it's really fun for him to sort of make local connections and, and publish locally as well. Mm. Um, yeah, that's so yeah. interesting because so much comedy, and certainly I'm a huge New Yorker cartoonist fan, that, you know, I would say that cartooning seems to reflect the city in which the artist lives in some to some degree. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so as a man who's, you know, traveling, that must be really interesting to see how it impacts. Right, exactly. Well, it, one thing that's funny is like he, I mean, he lived in New York when he was a much younger person mm-hmm. uh, and was miserable there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, now as, a, as an adult, you know, living his life and sort of deeply inside his career, mm. he sometimes has to be thoughtful about making sure to include some New York jokes or to <laughs> making sure to nod to New York in order to kind of like appeal to a base mm-hmm. of the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's true that I would say like so much of what he draws from is based on where we're living. Mm. And um, in fact, truthfully, um, if you go, if you sort of scroll through his, his past work, mm-hmm. you can see a lot of interiors of the apartments um, and homes that we've had. All for heaven's uh, sake. That's great. Make their appearances with, with, um, with the characters in his, wow. his one-panel cartoons. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's very influenced by, by where he lives. The other cool thing about him in Portland is, you know, he, he's a West Coaster, and mm. he's really happy to, to, to be here and to be in a, a community in a, a city that feels not only so welcoming, but, like, it really matches, like, the way he and I move through the world. It mm. matches our ethos and our values. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's a great place for us as a family. That's really exciting. It's wonderful to have you both here. Um, welcome to your son. Have a wonderful week. And thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. I'm really looking forward to seeing all the shows. I'm sure everybody is. And uh, take care of your head and heart. 
Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to get to talk. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And everybody out there, go visit PCS.org. There's so many wonderful supplementary videos and interviews you can see there, in addition to finding how to get tickets for all these amazing shows. And don't forget to subscribe to Adventures in Artslandia. Talk to you later, Marissa. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I want to reach 50% more listeners in the next three months, and I need your help. Will you share and subscribe? If I reach my goal, let's invent a cocktail to celebrate. How about an adventure Rita in Artslandia? Or do you have a better idea?